Welcome to A Slob Chems Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, this is podcast number, oh, I just looked it up. <laughs> this is podcast number 366. So even on a leap year now, you can listen to an episode every single day for an entire leap year. Anyway, and I think I'm going to call this one better all along the way, because, you know, we focus on better around here. Like that is the reframing of the goal that we have working in our homes. And I'm saying we, and you may not be on board yet, and that's perfectly fine. I'm just saying that's how I have to rethink the goals in my home. I did not get very far in my home. I had a lot of frustration, a lot of failed attempts to change my home when I would focus on the end goal. And I know sometimes you're like, oh, keep the end goal in mind. And I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying if you find yourself consistently feeling like I have, well, thought I was going to do better this time. And now I'm starting over from the beginning. That feeling of I just can't ever seem to make any real change in my home was when I was looking only toward the end goal. And I wasn't celebrating the progress that I was making along the way. Okay. So if you're new around here, I changed my goal in my home to being, I'm going to make it better. I'm just going to make it better. You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Okay, so so that's my goal. My goal is to make my house better. The beauty of my goal for my home being making it better is that anything counts. Anything I do in my home makes it better. You cannot fail at better. I cannot fail at better if I do anything, which then gets me to do something because I can be successful in the next 30 seconds if my goal is better and I throw away one thing. Okay. So that is the goal here, right? Like, like that's our goal. Our goal is better. We want it to be a decluttered house. Like, of course, that's what you're going for. And yet, as long as I was only looking to a decluttered house being the, the, at that point, that's when I'll be satisfied. That's when I'll be happy. That's when I'll feel like, yes, 
this work was worth it is when my house is completely decluttered. Well, I'm still not there. I mean, like, and yet as long as I wasn't going to ever let myself feel successful until I got there, that was when I didn't make any progress. And instead by changing my goal to better, that's how my house has actually changed. My house is a house I like. Like it's a house that I can function in. It's a house that I know where things are. I can find what I need when I need it. I'm not attached to stuff anymore. I mean, a few things here and there, but you know, like in general, I do not have those attachments to things that I used to have. And my house is different. My house is a house that I can handle. I can keep under control. And it's because I shifted my goal to being better. Okay. And that actually got me to the place I wanted to go as opposed to when I wouldn't let myself feel successful. Okay. All right. So if better is the goal, it's important to understand that better happens all along the way. Okay. So where you are now to this ideal that you think you want to go at, go ahead and make your goal better. Be successful today at doing something to make this better and celebrate the fact that better is going to happen 50 bajillion times. It's not a real number. I mean, it might be a real number. Who knows? Along the way to actually getting where you want to go. And maybe along the way, you're going to refocus and you're going to change your mind on where it is exactly you were going. And yet you wouldn't be able to get there because you'd be so fixated on that end goal if you didn't let yourself get better all along the way. We'll see if this makes any sense. What as I keep talking? <laughs> Okay. So, uh, I had been, this is y'all know, I just think about different things and I make little notes. And so these are just notes that aspects of this concept of better happens all along the way, celebrating better that I've put into my notes, you know, my, my notes app on my phone as things would come up. And I would think, you know, that really is kind of what I was talking about when I was thinking about this whole concept of celebrating you know, success along the way. Uh, so I had received a question on YouTube. I don't remember exactly what it was during a question and answer. I do those eh, a lot of Tuesdays at noonish central time. I say that because I've actually been working on something recently and have missed several of them. So they're not guaranteed, but I do a lot of them on Tuesdays on YouTube. And I do them live and I answer questions that are submitted at askdanakwhite.com. So you can go to askdanakwhite, not that, mm, this is a good one, y'all. <laughs> not askdanakana, uh, askdanakwhite.com and people submit questions there and then I answer those, okay? Uh, so on that, I had answered a question, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, because I didn't go back and watch the whole hour, about decluttering with physical limitations. All right. So I get this question a lot, like, because one of my, well, probably my number one game changing strategy is take it there now, right? Like that is the thing that is different about my process than other decluttering strategies that exist in the world. And it is the thing that makes my process work, right? It's I make a final decision about something and then I act on that decision immediately. I go ahead and take it to the place where it's going to go 
I mean, where I've determined that it should live according to the decluttering questions, you know, where would I look for this first? I go ahead and take it there now. So I often will get questions from people saying or asking about, you know, they have physical limitations. They have chronic illness. They have um, a, a mobility issue, you know, a disability of some sort that makes that idea of taking it there now very daunting. Okay. And I believe what I said in this one, because it's, this is a version of how I generally say this is yes, you might have to have someone come and help you be your feet for you. Okay. Like that, that is an option. And also I hear from people I mean, I would say on a weekly basis who have these same types of issues that other people write about, okay, meaning mobility issues or uh, chronic uh, fatigue type issues, you know, things where they're just, they're not sure when they are physically going to not be able to keep going, all right? Like they're not sure when the energy and the physical ability is just going to be gone for the moment, you know, that they have to be careful about wearing themselves out. And so, um, but I hear from a lot of people who say the take it there now is actually very helpful for them because of the whole, yes, it's only one small thing, but that one small thing is done. That one small thing is completed as opposed to having created work for myself that now is weighing on my mind as, oh, I didn't finish that. Oh, all that stuff is out now. Oh, I'm going to have to go deal with all that later. And my energy is gone. Instead, that completed action of going ahead, taking it there now and being done with that one thing, even if that's all I can do. Okay, there's more value in being done with the small thing than having halfway done a whole bunch of other things that now weigh on you. Anyway, so I hear from a lot of people in these types of situations who tell me it is very helpful for them to use the take it there now because that allows progress and only progress and never they never end up with a bigger mess and a halfway done thing. Okay. I also talked in this one about how sometimes it's a matter of accepting that the same mobility issue or health concern or whatever challenge that you're facing, the same challenge that you're facing right now as you're decluttering is very likely something that you face on a regular basis. And so if an item is something that you think, well, I would look for that first in the back room of my very large basement and you think, well, but I don't have the energy or, you know, it's, it's a safety issue or something for me to get down to the basement and get to that place where I would look for it. So, oh, I can't take it there now. I should probably just set it aside. But what I encourage is for you to think about maybe this physical limitation means that this item that's not used on a regular enough basis and that would only be used after a, you know, trek down to the basement that has some possible safety issues or whatever, maybe this item doesn't need to be in your home. Like, and part of that is accepting the reality of your actual situation that I can't do the thing that I wish I could do with this, but maybe it's also just time to let this item go. Not always. I'm not, you know, you do what you want to do, right? Like it's your house. Physical limitation that is hindering your ability to declutter, then accepting that my house will be easier to maintain with less stuff in it. So maybe this thing that wouldn't be in my normal actual space that I live in 
maybe this thing needs to go. Maybe I need to accept that this item would be better off just not existing in my home, right? And I'm not saying like, I, I know, I, I know. And it depends on what frame of mind you're in right now. And as you're listening to this, some of you who have these types of situations are probably like, yes, okay. And some of you are, it makes you mad, right? And that's part of the process. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. Okay, let's get to let's get to the what somebody said. Okay. So somebody in this said, but and I think the the question came up about, you know, having somebody talk. I mean, it's somebody talk, somebody come and help you, you know, cause it was like, I don't have someone to help me. And I'm like, well, if you don't have somebody to help you, then that's part of the factoring in of what can I handle? What can I do in my home that you need to consider as you make these decluttering decisions? And someone asked the question, yes, but how is the trash bag or donate box going to be taken care of? Are the bags or boxes just going to sit there until a friend or family member finally gets around to helping? And my answer is, yeah, maybe, you know, and, and here's the thing. I don't know exactly where this person is coming from, but the way that it came across to me was, it was like, your answer makes 
sense, except that I don't like it. You know what I mean? It's like, so, so would the other option be to put all these things in piles and also wait for somebody to come and, and come help you? That's also a non-ideal situation, right? So it's a situation that just isn't ideal. It's not the situation that I wish that I had. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. So they're not going to have any in-process things of stuff that has to be dealt with later, but what about the trash bag and the donate box? It's still not a perfect situation. Well, it was never a perfect situation in the beginning, like ever to, it, it never was perfect. And so we do the best that we can and we do it in a way where at any moment, I mean, I mean, let's just be honest with yourself, with myself, let's all be honest with ourselves, right? If I have somebody to come in and help me, how nice would it be that all they have to do is take out the trash, right? How nice would it be if all they have to do is take the donate box to a donate place as opposed to, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Then they feel this need to try to help me. And maybe they're not a trained decluttering coach by Dana K. White, because you know, I've got decluttering coaches now at declutteringcoaches.com. You can go find somebody who can personally help you, you know, talk through things. Uh, but you've done literally everything you could do in this situation, even if you couldn't pick up the trash bag. Okay. So even if you couldn't take out the donate box and, and go have that done, and yet you are as finished as finished can be for your actual situation. Okay. And acknowledging that all along the way you have only made progress. Maybe you can't finish just like we talked about in the beginning. Maybe the whole perfection in the end, everything being completely done. Of course, that's what I want. Maybe that's never going to happen. And yet how much better off am I all along the way because of the things that I have done? Okay. And so what I sense, and I could be wrong, but what I sense in the question is a, yeah, but it's still not perfect. There isn't a perfect scenario. If you are living in a perfect scenario, do things in the perfect way. No one lives in a perfect scenario. Maybe for you though, you're one of those really blessed, fortunate, lucky, whatever people who can't stop until they're completely finished with a decluttering project. Be excited about that and declutter how it works for you. But you also probably don't get as frustrated as, you know, the people who go listen to somebody whose podcast is called The Slob Comes Clean, right? Like if you live in a perfect situation, you go ahead and use perfect ways. But I think so much of it, so much of really making progress is admitting and accepting that I don't live in a perfect scenario. I don't have a perfect personality for this. This is not easy for me. Accepting that this is hard for me and that I am going to be better off to have made small decisions that don't overwhelm me and completed them all the way as opposed to trying to make a bunch of really, really difficult decisions that I never actually end up doing anything because they're overwhelming to me. Like it's better for me to do the small things. It's better for me to acknowledge the success all along the way than it is to just dig my heels in and wish that my situation was different, right? There is no perfect scenario. All of my strategies that I share are for imperfect scenarios. That's why 
I can guarantee that if you follow the strategies, you're going to make progress and only progress. I mean, I will say things like, hey, you declutter however you want to declutter because it's true. Like however you actually get stuff out of your house, that's what you should be doing. Like I don't care. I'm never going to tell somebody that's the wrong way to declutter. But I can tell you where certain ways of decluttering are going to present the opportunity for you to end up super frustrated and stuck and worse off than you were before. But because my strategies, because my five-step decluttering process that you can find in my books and that there's other podcasts about it and everything, my podcast is what I'm saying. All of those things, if you will follow the process, they are designed for imperfect scenarios. And so they work in imperfect scenarios. They actually work in perfect scenarios too. But they're gonna, they're guaranteed to work because all scenarios are imperfect. Okay. Like that's the whole point is to experience success all along the way so that you're only experiencing success. But part of that is redefining success, right? So along with this, I think it's important to talk about um, just the reality of grieving your health diagnosis. I always want to be really careful and not be like, oh, this, this, this for a situation that I I have not personally experienced. But we have in my family experienced a lifelong incurable health diagnosis. Okay. We're not going to give any details because it's none of y'all's business. But anyway, it's not me, but it's one where I'm actively involved in the dealing with this. Uh, and, and, you know, and it, it's interesting because again, it's that all along the way, like you cannot, especially when there's something that there is no cure, there's not a way, there's not a thing that we can do to never have to deal with this again. Instead, it is something that has to be managed all along the way. And it is a grief process, uh, you know, whatever, however many years ago, 14 years ago or something, when we first had this diagnosis in our family, I couldn't even talk about it without crying. I mean, I couldn't even, I wanted just to go back in time to where this wasn't an issue for us. Like I wanted to never have to deal with this again. I wanted to go back to the time where I didn't even know that this was something that could happen to us. Okay. And we're at a very different place now, 14 years later, however, I'm not doing the math right now. Anyway, but we're at a very different place now. It is 14 years now that I actually just did the math in my head anyway. And I still hate it. Like it's still, you know, it's something we've kind of been dealing with a little bit lately in a, you know, more than just the average years that go by. And I still don't like it. But it's different now because I go, I don't like this, but this is reality and we have to deal with it. But the way that we deal with it now is different than the way that we dealt with it 14 years ago. We know different things now. We're in a different situation now. We know because of experience. We know because of what did work and what didn't work. We, we, we're, we're different And so we can take in different information. The reason that I thought about this is, you know, we've, we've been to some doctors and some doctors gave information that according to them has been true for many years. And I didn't know it. Like I, 
I was like, wait, what? Wait, no one ever told us that. And I could be mad, but I also go, you know what? Maybe they did tell us and I just couldn't quite grasp it. Maybe it just didn't sink into my head. I have to take, you know, I have to acknowledge that, that maybe I didn't know these things. I, we have changed. It has become part of our life. And it just makes me think about, you know, even though this is not something that affects decluttering for those of you who have situations, uh, health diagnosis or just life situations that affect your ability to declutter in the way that you wish you could, it's a process. It's a process that grows and morphs and your understanding grows and your acceptance of it grows. And then you find yourself learning more and being like ready to accept it and tackle it in a different way than you could have back then. So some of you used to be able to declutter the way that the cool people declutter with that being us and people who declutter like me not being cool is what I'm saying. But like you used to be able to declutter the way that they do on the shows where they have a before picture and then an after picture, whoosh, whoosh, you know, like that used to be you. And then you had something happen in your life. Either it's something where you have lost the use of your legs or you've had a, a, baby and your ability to stay in one place, it just doesn't exist anymore, you know, for long periods of time, whatever. You're in a different place now than you're going to be as your understanding grows and your, as your acceptance of your reality grows. It's so much about accepting your reality. Are we make decluttering progress in our house when we accept the reality of our space? That's a container concept. We accept the truth about how much space I have in my home and how much stuff can go in that space and it still be usable, get toable. We accept the reality about ourselves and our clutter threshold. We accept how much stuff can I handle before it turns into clutter, before it consistently gets out of control and drives me bananas. That is us accepting ourselves. And so many times that's accepting what's different now versus the way things used to be. And how much better would I be off better? Remember better's our goal here. How much better off would I be if I just accepted it? If I just said, you know, I can't do what I used to be able to do. And so many times when I accept something, I go, you know what? Okay. Now that I've accepted it, then I can move forward. You know, this, this health situation that we have, we're going to have to change some things up. And part of it is because I wanted something else to work for so long. And I finally realized that it was never going to work. It was never going to work. It's, it's time, it's time to move. So even though I have been on this continuum of getting better and accepting more, and I know I'm being very vague and purposely. And so anyway, I should stop talking about that, but I'm just saying grieving a health diagnosis, adjusting to a health diagnosis is a process. Okay. It it changes, it morphs, focus on better as you go. Sometimes I think that we don't want to accept that this is better and better is good because we're like, well, it's not good enough. 
No, but you're never going to get to good enough and let you self, let yourself get a little bit better, right? There are options other than hanging on for dear life. I find this for myself. Hanging on for dear life is not sustainable. And that to me is what I'm talking about when I say, I want to keep this item that I would look for in the back room of my basement. And it's more important to me to hang on for dear life to this vision of what I wish my life was. That is so important to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to exhaust myself taking it to this place. And then I'm going to feel bad about the fact that I never have the energy or the time to go all the way back to that place to actually get it. Where instead letting it go, letting it leave my house means that I don't have to hold on for dear life to that. You know, I don't have to go, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So many times it's that desire, like, no, I'm just going to grind harder, right? Like that was my whole life philosophy was I'm going to make things happen. And that's not bad, right? I mean, like there's a lot of great things about there. There's a lot of things I've been able to get done. But at the same time, so many things in life, that's just me not accepting reality, right? And sometimes I don't want to accept reality, but in my home, accepting the reality that I can't handle this. I'm not saying accepting the reality that it's always going to be messy because I don't want it messy, right? Like that's my goal here. That's what I've been doing this 13 years. I don't want it messy. And so I'm going to keep on working on my house, but I'm going to do it while holding loosely to what I wish my life looked like. Okay. So another example here, these are all from YouTube, but anyway, (laughs) there, I don't think she listens to the podcast, but if you do, Hey, but I did a couple of uh, videos around, you know, early January when everybody's focused on getting stuff out of their house. And one of them was how to get rid of stuff. You know, we talked, which we've talked about here before, like the value trap and like basically going through, if you're going to sell it, you're going to work hard. The more money you're going to make from it, the harder you're going to have to work, which has led me down to the point where I donate, right? Like that's, what I do because I have decided it is not worth my time in almost every situation. It is not worth my time to do what it takes to actually get the money for something. Right. So that, uh, that, you know, going through, this is, if you want, if you want the max amount of money, this is what you have to do. This is the work. And we go through all that. And the whole point of it was, this is how I got to the point of donating. Right. And, uh, somebody, I mean, like everybody, I would say every comment was positive, except for one person was like, I can't believe you're talking about selling. I thought you told us to get rid of stuff. Why are you talking about selling? And I'm like, well, I am telling you to donate, but I'm also acknowledging that many of you are in the same place where I was, which was for somebody to just say, just donate, even if they were right. Even the, they were right. Anybody who just, I remember, I remember somebody online when I was completely desperate and I was trying to find help. And I remember something, somebody said, nope, just don't do, don't have a garage sale. And I was like, what? It was too far of a leap 
from where I was, where I was wanting, you know, where I was selling on eBay and saw dollar signs on everything and knew what it would take to milk the last dollar out of every little thing to donating. Like the leap there was too big for me personally. So I know that the leap is there for you. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. I mean, that's how I talk. That's how I've talked for 366 episodes, (laughs) y'all. Because I know that even though the answer is simple, some of you, just like me and how I was, some of you, it's going to take you a while to get there. And it's better all along the way. Okay. It is better for you to post something on Facebook Marketplace and experience the hassle of actually getting rid of it or experience the fact that nobody actually wants it that then leads you to the point where you're willing to donate it. Or maybe they do want it and you're like, hey, but it's out of my house. Great. Some of you have to experience that before you're willing to get to the point where you actually are willing to donate stuff to get it out of your house faster. But as long as I just say, oh, donating is the way. If if the, those are the only words that I give you, even though they are true, even though donating makes it so much easier to get stuff out of my house quickly, if I don't give you the all along the way, many of you are just stuck, right? Like I can't do that, but you're going to be better along all along the way for every item that gets out of your house. If you sell it on Facebook marketplace and it gets out of your house, you're better because an item has gone from your house. You're also better because you now have a much more realistic understanding of what it takes to sell something on Facebook marketplace. You're better because you're going to look at something else in your house and you're going to go, yeah, that would not get me enough money to actually put it up there. Or, oh yeah, I put such and such up there and people were really rude about it because it wasn't perfect. That's not perfect either. I'm just going to donate. You're better for all of those things all along the way. But if we're just going, well, here's the perfect way and here's the way that Dana says to do it and I just can't do what she said to do. You know, the perfect way is to get all the money for something, tons of money. And then she says to donate it. And I'm like, uh, uh, both of those things just freeze me. Well, like freeze, R-F-E-E-Z-E, not F-R-E-E-S. Anyway, but that distance between those two, I'm just stuck. It's better to, to just go ahead. It's better to do the thing that I personally have decided it's not worth my time to try to sell things. But if you need to sell it, you're going to be better because you tried to sell it, right? Uh, And then let's see, there was another video. Uh, It was the one, I had another video, same person. And that's the reason it, you know, caught my attention is because same, like everybody else was like, thank you so much for this information. And then one person was like, why are you telling us to sell things? But it was the uh, trick that I have, which is not a trick at all, but it's basically if you are stuck on something because you're sure it's super valuable, go to ebay.com, check completed listings. We don't care what people want for it. We only care what people are actually paying for it. Go to completed listings, find out are people buying this and how much. That information alone, nine times out of 10, possibly 99 times out of 100 is going to let you go, oh, wait, this is not a high value item. Like I thought I have so many people who commented on that video and said, okay, 
I was able to go through all of these things that I had been told for years were going to be worth money. And I was able to just let them go because now I know for sure, right? In an ideal world, if you really were ready to just take my word for it and not let any of your own hangups be a factor. And I said, just go ahead and get rid of it. You'll be glad you did. Some people can do that, but I'm here for the people who can't. I'm here for the people who it's going to be a long time for them before they get there. And yet for every single item that they look it up and they figure out, oh, wait, that was delusional for me to think that that was going to be worth a lot of money. Now I'm willing to get rid of it. They're better. Okay. And better all along the way is the goal. So I, somebody else, I know I'm making all these mentions to YouTube today, but somebody had said this phrase and I wish I would have written down who it was. And I'm sorry if it was you or just everybody take credit. I don't care. Uh, but I love the phrase she was talking about making progress all along the way and how incredibly helpful that has been for her to make this progress in her home. And she said something about thinking about it as being half decluttered instead of half done. You know, so like when you look at a space, our goal is better, right? Like our goal is less. We look at a pile of stuff and if we follow the process and we get the trash out, we get the easy stuff out, we put duh donations in the donate box, we, uh, you know, ask ourselves the two decluttering questions, blah, blah, blah. We can work our way through the pile methodically and we may not be done, but we will have decluttered. We will have done something. And so that space is going to be better. And that's our goal, Right. And so I just loved the way that she said she thinks of it as like, she's excited about something being, I've half decluttered this and it doesn't have that same, uh, effect on her when she thinks of I'm half done with this. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, and then there's one last thing that I wanted to say, and I think it applies, but whatever, I am really excited to talk about it. So, uh, I've mentioned years ago, my daughter and I watched, uh, not watch, we listened to the history chicks, which is uh, two women and they talk about different women in history. And so they'll do like a podcast on a person and we will, as we're driving somewhere, we'll pull up history chicks because they're really, really long. We'll pull up an episode, an episode. I am talking so great today. I really am. They'll, we'll pull up an episode and listen to it. And so we'd listen to one. I think it's an older one. So the sound is not fantastic, but anyway, it was about Lillian Gilbreth. Do y'all know who that is? Do y'all remember her? She was the mom of the Gilbreths, like the cheaper by the dozen family. Okay. So the, the books were written about the cheaper by the dozen family by two of the kids and, uh, the mom in the book, it's been forever since I read the book. I loved the book when I was a kid. But, uh, according to them, the mom is not really given all the credit that should be due her in the books because she was a brilliant person, scientist, engineer, teacher, whatever on her own. Like she was an amazing businesswoman specifically about efficiency, like about the idea of efficiency. So she invented a whole lot of really cool stuff uh, that we use on a regular basis. I could be wrong again, but I think like wheelchair ramps and, you know, just lots, lots and different, lots of different things, especially that we use in the home anyway. And I loved what they said, her quote or something that she had said about this as they were coming up with all these efficiency processes and inventions for women in the home, which I think it's important to note. They talked about how she 
really didn't do much in her own kitchen. She had somebody else who did that because, you know, she was doing her business. And anyway, uh, but what they talked about was her encouragement, her urging of women. When you come up with a more efficient process, don't raise your standards. Meaning when these inventions come along that make it so much easier to cook and to clean and to do your laundry and to do dishes and all that kind of stuff. As you come up with these, as these things enter your life that make it easier and take less time, she's like, don't raise your standards. Don't let that change what your expectations of how amazing this is going to be. Keep the same standards so that these tricks and uh, tools for efficiency actually make your life better. And it just makes me think about this, right? Let's quit, quit having this fleeting standard or this standard that keeps raising itself and raising itself. Okay. Like let's be impressed with ourselves, with the progress that we are actually making instead of, well, I did a little something, but there's still so much that I could do or so much to be done. I did a little something and let that inspire me to do another little something and let that inspire me to do another little something with the goal being a functional home as opposed to, oh, but it's still not what it could be or what it should be or whatever. Anyway, I just thought that was the funnest quote and I'm not sure if it completely applies here, but I still wanted to say it because I had it in my notes and I really wanted to talk about it because it just kind of makes my brain roll around like, yeah, yeah. Let the efficiency tricks do their job. Don't let it make my job harder and more intense and my goal even higher. I don't know. Anyway. All right. I'm going to stop there. Uh, just a reminder that if you would like a decluttering coach, who uses my processes, my um, progress and only progress, no mess method. Uh, I have decluttering coaches that I have trained. You can go to declutteringcoaches.com. That is my site, meaning like everyone on there has been trained and certified by me. All right. If you are interested in being a decluttering coach, you can also go to declutteringcoaches.com and find out more about that. And if there's not one in your area, then a lot of them are taking online clients. So All right. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.